0: to read from the book of luke today about the repentance about the lost and the attitude that has and the attitude that is in in heaven over a sinner that comes to repentance because i wanted us to reflect on a scripture in the book of romans i think that can be helpful to all of us in understanding how that our life makes changes and how that we grow in what god wants us to be So. I want to reflect here or look at Romans chapter now, in verse 4. And this is what the Apostle Paul writes. So so he says here in verse 4, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance and patience, not realizing God's kindness leads you towards repentance? Now I want us to take a look at this because Paul has been addressing in this book of Romans as we begin he's addressing a society that has failed to recognize God when they could have recognized God and because of their their way of life and he goes on to enumerate all the kinds of sinful living that the world there in Rome is involved in and he's talks about it. He says, you know, you, you need to understand it. And then he comes here and he, he mentions to the church, to Christians there, that, now I want you to be aware of something here. He says, because uh, it is really easy to judge. And as a result of that, you pass judgment on someone else and you, you fail to realize that you yourself have in times past been part of it. Or that there may be portions of this that you yourself are doing. And he wants to talk about repentance and how God brings people to repentance. So in part, our question is us. And I'm talking to this audience. Repentance is a word that is almost out of vogue in our society today. You uh, you use the word repent and people kind of begin to smile and say, "Well." Yeah, right. Uh, there are a couple words like that. Sin is one, born another, repentance. And so, it, with that thought in mind, we we might ask ourselves, well, what about us? Is repentance for us something of the past? Or does repentance have a place for all of us today in the world in which we live? so I'll ask question: have you ever found yourself committing a sin that is common within society today so let's take a look at some some things where people for example might go into road rage you think Christians have ever gone into road rage you think Christians have ever cussed people out and used all kinds of foul language do you think they have ever done that do you think Christians have ever acted morally? Uh do you think Christians are ever greedy uh, do, you, do you think Christians find themselves and he goes through a whole list there, uh, of things shameful lust he's, he talks about that indecent acts he talks about that not liking to retain God in our knowledge and have we come to that point ourselves where you know I, don't, I wish God wouldn't be imposing his way upon me and the like and filled with greed says here depravity envy murder strife have you ever been deceitful or full of malice oh how about slandering or god haters arrogant boastful Um, have you any of these things that Paul enumerates here early on I I would suggest that we all at times have have indeed done that that we have come to God we say Lord I repent of my sins I want to change my life what I want us to see in this scripture here that the Apostle Paul is, is writing to us is that repentance is good and it is one of those things that I hope that we can understand it is good and then in a Christian's life and in a Christians life cycle we will see need for positive change in our life. We, uh, as we go through life, you think, well, you know, I've never been here before in life. Uh, you might come to the end of, end of your life and you kind of be bitter or hostile and say, well, uh, you know, I just have had a hard time. God has not been fair to me in life or God is not fair to me in the problems or the difficulties that I have. I also want us though to realize that God is central to repentance and, and is central to that change. Now I've asked the question already, what about us? You know, we've we've been people who profess, believe in God, we believe in Jesus, we have been baptized and in baptism we profess our repentance to God. Are there any examples of people who have had a relationship with God a long, long period of time and then come to repentance? Well, I want to give you one example from the book of Job. It's not the only example, but it is one example for us to take a look at. Because in the book of Job, we find this man who, when we start out here in the book of Job, he's a man who loves God, he serves God, he does all of these things. And then he goes through this difficulty in his life, and he tries to maintain righteousness through all of these things. And then he comes to this conclusion in in Job chapter 42 and verse 6. Well, actually, we begin here in verse 5, and this is true of all of us. Where where it says, um, My ears have heard you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in destinations. There are times I think all of us are disappointed in ourselves. We're disappointed in our walk with Jesus. We've we've gone off course in different ways. And we're, we're, we're not trusting God. We're not trusting not only his hands, as Jeanette was saying. We don't trust his heart. That he has good intentions for us all, and that he he is bringing us to salvation. So here's a long term coming to repentance, and job gets insight into God, and he repents of his misunderstandings of God. So in Romans chapter two will be about what Paul is saying here, I think we have misunderstandings about God, and we have misunderstandings about repentance because about it's about, others instead of our own faults. So the question is, do we have faults? And do we have as I've mentioned before, blind spots, things that we don't see about ourselves. So Paul is describing describes it as despising the riches of his goodness. So when we think about repentance, we we first have, as I said, God is central to this we despise the riches of his goodness so let's back up in our own personal loss I say back up because um, you know we can look backwards sometimes easier and understand the, the things that we've had to repent of than sometimes in, in the midst of let's say today or even things that we'll have to repent of as we move forward but let's look back on our lives and say oh I had to repent and how easy was that for us to repent in a legalistic system it is very very difficult to repent. let's say as the one individual who was given you know wealth and he went and buried his treasure because he thought that God was austere and and his judgment you know from God is you thought I was austere God I'll, I'm taking all this away from you. Uh, and I'm sure that in that moment, one of the things that he failed to realize is that God is love, God is good, God is generous, God is fair. He is all of these things. And God is caring, and He knows us individually, and He loves us and shows His mercy, His grace to all of us. So when we look back on things, how God brought us out of or brought us to repentance we can be brought to that way in a legalistic way and Paul is saying look you forget the forbearance and the long suffering of God how patient that God has been so let me ask us another question do any of us have any sins that have been long-lasting you know kind of like throughout our whole lives we've had these weaknesses problems and difficulties so how, how patient has God been with you? And how forbearing with you? And how often have you said, oh, Lord, it's me again with the same problem. And I loathe myself. I repent in dust and ashes. The time knowing that we're going to need more dust and more ashes in the future because we continue to do these things, lose our temper, whatever it might be, in the like so we forget the patience that God has had with each one of us and God has been patient with all of us our whole lives even though we have misunderstood him uh, we've said things about him that are not true we've slandered his name uh, if not in word by actions and how that we have dealt with other individuals as well so Paul is suggesting here it says he suggests that we need to be patient with others as well others who have sins and problems and difficulty now being patient with others doesn't mean that we're condoning sin and I think we we misunderstand that Jesus calls sin sin we live in a world today in terms of repentance where we can own and we say this is okay we as a society think about how many ways in which we disagree with god we disagree with him i mean we could just probably lay out a whole list of things that we disagree with god and how and how he is doing things and allows things to be done so god's patience is leading us though and this is what paul says the goodness of god leads us out of sin Inpatient often comes from the feeling like we've come out of sin under our own power. So I'm going to just use the Nike commercial. We think we've got a problem and a difficulty, and so what we will be told is just do it. Just do it. If you've been sinning, stop sinning, don't do it anymore, and there's this heavy burden that is put upon you. And it is very, very negative in that regard. And if I can do it, so can you approach. If I can quit smoking, people say, well, you ought to be able to quit smoking. If you know, there's there's it isn't that simple for people. Uh, but we can take that at it. And in this we can God out of the process. We are coming out of sin by the law and coming out of sin by the law or repenting by the law makes us self-righteous makes us judgmental other individuals and gives God no credit in that regard so what Paul is saying here in verse 4 is we don't know the goodness of God that leads us to repentance we fail to realize the goodness of God and that's just how he put it. We, we, we just don't know it. We, and I think the way that the NIV puts it here, because I was preparing this with my King James version of the Bible, but the, Rome, uh, Rome 2, it says that we do not discern the goodness of God. And we show and, and and not realizing God's kindness. So not knowing the goodness of God. So we have to ask ourselves, well, how good has God been to us? How has he, and how has he been good to us? And what does his goodness look and feel like in our lives? So we think about, well, how has God been good to us? I think God has been encouraging to us and helping us come out of sin because he calls things that are not as though they are. It's like, this is a process, I'm working with you, and I love you, you're mine, I've begun this good work. I will finish this good work. It's a process. Do we understand the goodness of his love, his mercy, his kindness? And do we understand the goodness of his purpose for each and every one of of us? Do we understand the goodness of his compassion, his forgiveness? Now, where it becomes difficult. Let's stop and think about this. In the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts. As we forgive others. Now, how do we forgive others? Well, how have we been forgiven? Now, I keep using this example to me, which is just incredibly awesome and we're gonna of the um, both the woman who's taken adultery and the woman who is washing Jesus's feet and how he says your sins are many you're forgiven and then go in good cheer that's very positive if we knew that if that's this lady knew this in advance how much easier it is to approach approach Jesus and say Lord I need your help I need your forgiveness we know that because we read the scripture in, in Hebrews chapter four where it says we have a high priest who is tempted in all points as we are yet without sin and we can come boldly before his throne of grace If I lived in North Korea, and I did something to end the ruler there, can you imagine me being boldly before him saying, Hey, uh, King Young, I, I've done this. He's going to throw me to the dogs. I mean, the, the dogs to tear me up. He's going to rip me apart. I'm not going to be able to do that. But what Jesus does, and God does in Riddens, is we know that he is good. And he knows us he has called and the fact that he has called us knowing us in advance is again a reminder of how that he does love us so we we look at that and recognize the forgiveness of God and we also recognize the relationship there is something about when you, the willingness to forgive people you love or you're related to your own kids in particular uh, where it's my kids or yourself you know you we're more willing to forgive ourselves than we are f- for others even though in our own mind we may be persecuting our, ourselves and and really piling it on but we recognize the goodness of of his faithfulness that god is full the goodness of his hope the goodness of the joy and the peace and his goodness in the treatment of repentant sinners that's why we read Luke 7, 15, 3-7 through 7, That the angels in heaven rejoice That's a positive statement about those that come to repentance So repentance starts with the goodness of God And there is no condemnation in repentance There is no condemnation and rather there is acceptance So having read Luke chapter 15 I want to go back now and take a look at what precede uh follows this up because in this chapter then we find the example what we all call you know the parable of the lost son the prodigal son but I want to begin in verse 17 because this speaks of the son recognizing his father and his father's goodness now when does he recognize this in the midst of sin as basically as low as he could get having done all the things that he has done uh he says in verse 17 and when he came to his senses now how can you come to your senses if you're living in a fearful situation my good sense if i'm going to go and i'm going to get myself killed or i'm going to be enslaved or whatever but when he came to his senses he said How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? Well, now let's think about that statement. These are high people who have food to spare. What's the difference in our world today? We have hired people who have nothing to spare. They're living hand to mouth. But this, his father has hired servants who have the basic need more than they need so that's in a way saying my dad's good my dad is generous yes they're hired servants but he treats them more than fairly he treats them generously he treats them kindly I've been reading uh, the book on Columbus and his four journeys to the Americas and the like. And I just I sit, sit there and I shake my head at the atrocities that were committed and to people in in the Caribbean. Now they were treating themselves but, you know, badly in certain cases, but in other cases and the like, but I'm just you know, I just shake my head at them. It is the father who made the prodigal's son's repentance possible. In other words, he just stayed there in that mess and mire. He believed in the goodness of the father. And then as we go on, we're going to see that his belief in the goodness of his father is not falsely placed. So he, he again, reading. They, they have food to spare. And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sins against heaven and against you. Now, here's this is interesting. It isn't, I'm going back to my dad and say, Dad, I'm entitled to it. You know, this is unfair. Uh, I should have my this and more. You should do this and that. He isn't excusing himself. Rather, he says, I have sinned. Here's the beauty of admitting that we have sinned, acknowledging. Because, you see, people are afraid to say that they have sinned. But I keep reminding us, Jesus came to save whom? He, he, right up front, he came to save sinners. That's who he came. So, to God to our lord and savior to admit that we have sinned which we do is what he wants us to understand but we understand his kindness in working through that and helping us so he says i have sinned against heaven and against you and then as far as i'm concerned i am no longer worthy to be called your son it's like don't you know who i am now i i am not worthy this is his own mental process that he is going through make me like a hired man because even a hired man I'll have food to spare make me so he's not asking well this is I deserve this I'm entitled to this and like make me like one of the hired men so then he follows up on it because you can say all these things and you don't do anything so he got up and he went to his father but while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And then the son begins here to say, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quick! <clears throat> it isn't like, well, tell me more about this. That right, son. You have been all of these things. And more, do you realize the problems and the difficulties that you have created me? No, that isn't the way the Father treats us. So when we think about repentance and the Father's reception, proved to be right. So repentance is, as we sing the song, "Change my heart, O God, mold me and make me, for you are the Potter and I am the clay." And repentance has its works. In all of our lives, so when we think about repentance, let's take a look because there is there's two kinds of repentance. There is worldly repentance, and there is godly repentance. So I want to take a look at that and see what it says that God leads us to repentance. Part of our prayer, as you know, part of our prayer is. Forgive us our debts. Now what what are we talking about in terms of debt? Money we owe. Our debts are our sins. So this is a prayer. This is how we pray. We're acknowledging. And so my thought here is, brethren, when we think about this, is we go to God and we say to him on a daily basis, Father, I am not... As you well know, I am not perfect. I've been wallowing in the mire over here and there, and I've done this and I've done that. But would you today help me, lead me in a way to repent, to change, because I want to be like you. I want to be like your son. And and I want to share in that. Too. So we ask God to lead us into repentance and changing. And because we know that he loves us, and he, he's working with us to change us all. It's a process. So in, in the book of Second Corinthians, we read here the Apostle Paul, same author, different church, though, talking about repentance. And this is what he says in chapter 7 of Second Corinthians, verses 8 through 11. He says and they had sins going on in the church and he had addressed those and it's it's this ambiguity that we have this tension that we have in our life so Paul says even if I cause you sorrow by my letter not regret it though I did regret it we've been you know when we confront somebody about problems you know you, you hate to do it on the one hand and you say, I, "I regret having, but this is what I got to do." I think we come to God in prayer in the same way. Lord, I'm sorry I have to do this, or but then I'm not. Lord, I am sorry that I'm a sinner, but then on the other hand, thank you, Lord, because you came to save me. But not only me, you came to save others as well. Because I could not love my neighbor if I were perfect and without fault. I couldn't love my spouse. You can't love your children. No, there's all kinds of problems if we don't have an appreciation for what God has done. So he says, I regret it, though I don't regret it. I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. (laughs) Repentance, brethren, hurts. Why does it hurt? god is so good that's what makes it hurt you just realize god you've been so good to me and i have trampled all over you i have trampled all over your heart you know the prodigal son trampled all over his father's heart his father wasn't just filled with compassion for him in that moment he saw him coming now his the father's heart was passionate from the get and continues to be in that regard so we see here I made you sorry but I know that uh, yet for a little while yet now I am happy not because you were made sorry but because your sorrow led you to repentance so when we think about repentance there is a, a sorrow involved in repentance that we're sorry for you became sorrowful as God intended. Oh, God has an intention in terms of our being sorry? Yes. And we're not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. We think about our confession to God, it doesn't leave us with regret. Why? Because we know that we can divulge ourselves, cleanse our heart, you know, leave ourselves bare to God. And it doesn't leave us with regret because we know we have a Lord whose, whose intention has always been to cleanse us, to make us pure. So he says it brings us no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. So when we see here, we're seeing after a godly manner compared to the sorrow of the world. So then we're going to see how some of the features of godly sorrow, godly repentance here. So it goes on to tell us here, it says, See what this godly sorrow has produced in you? What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourselves innocent in this matter. So we see here, it and, and the King James puts it this way: godly repentance works carefulness. We get sloppy in life and we get careless. We we fail to pay attention to what God is doing in our lives, and we and we end up sinning. In terms of clearing ourselves, it's like, Lord, I come to you. Cleanse my heart, O oh Lord. Cleanse my conscience. Indignation eats sin. We hate sin. We don't hate the sinner, but we, we do hate sin, and we just see the the subtlety of sin. And I, I'm amazed that, and I, uh, the sister of the North Korean leader is had her moment in the sun, so to speak. But these people are mean. <laughs> wicked and evil and kill but for the moment they appear to be the light as it were Satan and sin are subtle but they are lies and they are death that is sin is death and he has come to save us from that lie and that subtlety and that death and then we recognize, so we, we hate sin. It looks on the surface, and, and we've all been trapped by this. It looks good on the surface, and then it turns sour. And it turns sour fast. And then it talks about fear. You know, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Where it, And the fear of God to me is how awesome that God is. God is absolutely so awesome. And then what vehement desire what passion man can, can you imagine coming from the pig pen the prodigal son the closer he got home the, because when you trust your father and who he is and you're thinking I'm just I'm happy he, he will make me a hired servant and your your footsteps get faster and faster and you begin to fill with hope and all of these things. And then you look ahead and you see it's like what what happens? What happened in the heart and the mind of the prodigal son is going and he can see his dad coming with his arms wide open. I'm suggesting to to all of us that gesture and that reality of the Father broke that son's heart. Why? Because the goodness of his Father led him to repentance. And that's how God brings us repentance. That's how we also bring help other people toward repenting. It isn't by beating and the like. It's by goodness. Because Jesus does tell us we overcome evil with good and it leads us that way worldly sorrow though is more about being caught we're sorry we got caught and we're dismissing God and the, the way our society has done is they have dismissed God in terms of sin and they call evil good and good evil and therefore, you can do what you want to do, and everybody, we need, we need to be tolerant of everyone. Well, I understand tolerance. This is, there's a difference between tolerance to, to sin and, and explaining this, this is not the way that God wants you to live. God has a better way of life that you live. This is not how God has made you, purposed you. This is how we ought to live with one another. We ought to love one another. So God leads to repentance. And that's why it's like, lead me today to be a repentant person. I'm thinking, is it uh, is the Raiders of the Lost Ark or one of those uh, where he's trying to one of those where he's trying to uh, get across this through this obstacle and he's reading and it's like the penitent sinner and you know bow his knees, we just know that God leads us to repentance if it weren't for God we would have little idea about repentance we'd have little idea about that God leads us and guides us into all truth now Jesus said the spirit would come lead and guide which is another way of saying we don't know it all yet we also recognize that Jesus is kind, loving and and he lovingly leads his sheep, and we see the we see his handling of Peter, the night in which he was betrayed, all of these things, and how Jesus handled that. Jesus knows our weaknesses and every temptation that we have, and that's why he says, you know, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil." Now I want to this this sound a little bit of what we're talking about but I'd like to read from the book of Mark and what Jesus had to say and this again is in terms of repentance but in in Mark chapter 1 and we begin here in verse 14 um, I'm sorry mark chapter one, yeah, verse 14 and John was put in prison Jesus went out Galilee proclaiming the good news of God Now, again there it is good news And what does Jesus said the time has come he said the kingdom of God is near repent and believe the good news I believe it is difficult for us to really believe the good news which is again let's put it in a more pragmatic physical way repent get out of the boat walk on the water Believe Jesus is who he is and that he has good news for us. Coming to Christ in an attitude of repentance is incredibly good news. Where we can sit down, as it were, sitting across from or side by side with Jesus and hitching us and saying, You know, I knew that about you all along. I knew you who who you are and i have loved you and we could say in all these things yes i have been patient with you i have been kind to you i have been generous to you i have provided for you i know all these things i have been good to you in all of these things and then it's just like oh lord if i had known how good that you have been and how good that you are if I had known if I would known I could have come to you and said Lord help and forgive me I would have come a long time ago so kind of as we summarize this I'm reminded in years past how long a period of time it took for me whenever I fell short in my life to come back to God and ask for forgiveness depending on the sin it might take days and weeks before it could come back because of the goodness of God when we stumble when we fall we get up because we serve a good God and we say to him Father Jesus I have sinned against heaven and against earth I come to you because you are a good father, a heavenly father. Please lead me to repentance. Lead me home. Let's conclude in prayer. Father, we thank you very much for your loving kindness that you've shown to all of us. We all have our histories, we have our presents, and we have our future. But we have you, and we have a Lord and Savior, Jesus. We thank you for forgiveness of all of our sins. And we, Father, pray that we can be forgiving of others as well and recognize that that indeed it is your goodness that leads us to repentance, leads us to life. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Feeling the blues today or tired of life already? Do you have questions about life or need spiritual advice? The Worldwide Church of God is located in Fairfield, Santa Rosa and Modesto California we welcome everyone to attend our worship services with us every week at the times listed on your screen